Um, it's a, such a privilege to be here tonight and I love seeing all the young faces because I'm a young young man and um, I didn't grow up like this or had the, the privilege to sit in houses like this to hear the word of the Lord. And you know, many people grow up in churches, but they never know, they never meet Jesus personally. They're just in church, they hear the word and they go, um, they go on the wayside. So um, tonight, if I'm going to, I'm going to sometimes speak in Afrikaans because some things is just funnier in Afrikaans. Okay. So if I have a nice joke to tell, I'm going to tell it in Afrikaans. Is that good with you? Yeah. And I see you have interpreters next to you. <laughs> To tell you everything that I say, um, this is my wife Nadia. She's the this is one of the bodyguards that I brought with tonight, and that's the other one is my mother-in-law. It's the other bodyguard I brought with tonight. I've been happily married for six months, thanks to my mother-in-law. <laughs> so yeah, let's. Uh, um, if you have your Bibles with you, I um. I have my iPad here, but it's just for the show. The Bible says in Colossians 3.16 that you need to let the Word of God dwell richly inside of you. How many people can at least quote 10 scriptures out of their mind right now? If I say I have a thousand rand for the first one that can give me 10 scriptures on finances, how many people will be able to quote? How about 10,000 rand? 20,000 rand? Did you know that in the Bible, from Genesis to the end of Revelation, there's over 2,134 scriptures on finances. So if there's, let's say there's only a thousand scriptures, and you know a hundred, then you only know 10%. <laughs> if you know 10, you only know 1%. So how would anyone pass a test on 1%? That's why the Bible says, because Jesus never defeated satan on on his experience he defeated on it is written so you need to know what is written in order to do warfare when the devil comes i remember one time i walked in walked into a shopping mall and there was a lady with a sling on her shoulder and i immediately because nobody ever told me about jesus so now i run up to everyone if there's an any opportunity to uh, Ronald bonke always said the evangelist does not wait for an opportunity he creates one he doesn't wait for the iron to get hot to, uh, to strike the clothes. He strikes it until it's hot and then goes on. So I don't wait for any opportunity. I make an opportunity. So whenever I see a sling or a wheelchair or a crutch or something, I run because that's an opportunity for Jesus to manifest himself through my life. And that's an opportunity in a shopping mall, any place that you're at to manifest Jesus. In a time where we live in now, the world... Amen. Say, answer the phone and tell them to come. We are preaching the gospel. <laughs> um, so you see, we live in a time now where, the, where there's a hopeless world outside. I was in the barber shop this afternoon and the people were chatting about the... Now everybody's looking at my haircut. Thank you very much. And um, the people were talking about the corona. It's all, all people talk about corona, corona, corona. So when I got up... The guy was cutting the other guy's beard. And this guy came in and he's just going on about the corona. And he's afraid to get on the flight tomorrow to Cape Town because of the corona. And, and what, what? So I, I tapped him on the chest. I said, did you know that they found the cure? He said, really? I said, yes, his name is Jesus. And the whole barber shop went quiet. Do you need, have you seen those Turkish, <laughs> those, is it Istanbul? Who's those people? <laughs> Turkish people, when you start talking about Jesus, they go quiet. When I walked out, the one Turkish guy came to me and said, I want your telephone number, please. So I told him there's only one way out of this and it's through Jesus. Mm. You see, many people never talk about Jesus in any public places because they are afraid of what people might think or say. But what if I tell you tonight that the scripture is the word of God and the Bible says that God has placed his word above his own name in Psalm 138 verse 2. That the word of God is the highest authority. There's no authority higher than the word of God. So what happened with me in that shopping center that day, I walked into the shopping center. I saw the lady with a sling. I ran up to her. I said, ma'am, what happened to your shoulder? She said, no, I went in for an operation. I said, do you still have pain? She said, yes. I said, let me pray for you. And the moment I said, let me pray for you, 
the one of her friends turned around and said, no, don't let him pray for you. He prayed for me and nothing happened on her knee. And I remembered the lady of that I prayed for her knee a few weeks before. And immediately I went like, you know, that, that feeling of, oh, shucks. Now four people are looking at me. The staff of the restaurant that they were walking in were looking at me. And I'm standing there alone. And this one lady literally screamed out, nope, he prayed for me and nothing happened. And that fear of man hits your heart, right? So I said, listen, ma'am, let me pray for you anyway. The worst that can happen is nothing. That's the worst that can happen when I pray for you. But the best thing that can happen is everything God can give you a brand new shoulder because Jesus is still a healer. And she said, no, nah, I'm okay, I'm fine. And I turned around and I walked away. And while I walked away, I heard this voice saying, you see, you pray for people and nothing happened. And immediately I knew that was a devil because God will never say something like that. But if you don't know scripture, you'll go into guilt, shame and condemnation because of that one thing that didn't happen. So immediately I screamed out. I cried out in the shopping center. I've been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. I no longer live, but he lives his life through me. Lord sent me another sick one. And then an uncle with a crutch came out and I prayed for him. Nothing happened. Who cares? Not that we don't care, just we pray for, Reinhard Bonke said, if you pray for 99 people and nobody gets healed, you pray for number 100 as if everybody got healed. Amen. Because if people get healed or not, it's not dependent on who you are. It's because of who He is. And if we lay ourselves down and let Jesus work through us, we'll see crazy stuff. Many people say, but I've never seen a miracle. My question is, for how many people did you pray for? Because if you start praying for people, you'll start seeing miracles. Amen. People don't pray for other people. You, this is the best time to live. How many people sneeze on a daily basis? You can go bless you, bless you, bless you the whole day. That's an opportunity. Someone sneezes, bless you. Someone coughs, hey, let me pray for you. And they go, don't touch me. It's okay. Jesus will touch you anyway. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I remember I was in a school once and there was a boy that came up to me after I preached the gospel. He came 15 years old, looked me straight in the eyes, said, I heard everything that you say. I don't believe one word of it. I said, you sure? He said, yes. I said, okay, cool. Come, let's sit down. And I had a chair there. And when he sat down, I said, there's no way that you don't believe in anything. He said, I don't believe in anything. I'm an atheist. I said, do you know how much faith do you need to go sit on that chair and believe that it won't? The guy said, no, 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 but that's different. I said, there's nothing different about it. My Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a consuming fire. So just close your eyes and I'm going to pray for you and God's going to touch you. And he looked at me and said, okay, don't close your eyes. I said, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Your word says you're a consuming fire. Holy Spirit set his chest ablaze. When I said it, the guy went like this. And his eyes went big. Looked at me as if I'm an angel. He's like, I said, you're hot. I said, that's my Jesus. He wants to live inside of you, man. Amen. God's not a liar. In the book of Numbers 23 verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, yes. nor a son of man that he should repent. And you can go to Jeremiah 1.12. It says, he is ready to perform his word. In Afrikaans, it says, God's wakker oor sy woord en staan gereed om te volbring. He is ready to perform his word. God is not a man that he should lie. His word is true. Many people don't believe the word. Many people say they believe until a tragedy hit the life. Like now. You get people that say they are full of faith. And then Corona pops up. And you ask people, who, who, who knows someone that has Corona right now? Why didn't we go pray for them? I don't know where they are. <laughs> exactly, but look at this room. How many people, nobody knows someone with Corona but everybody's going on with, about the coronavirus. It's just a tactic of the devil to put fear in your life. And then they want to pump you full of medicine and stuff. And that's not, I don't know. So people come here and first bumps and elbows. And I give people hugs. And they go, no, no, corona. Where? Where's the corona? Can't even see it. But you believe in the corona. But when I tell you about Jesus and you can't see him, you don't believe in Jesus. And people say they are full of faith until something hits life. Then there's no faith anymore. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that without faith it's impossible to please God. You can go back to the book of Romans 14 verse 23. It says if you do anything outside of faith, it's a sin. Because if you do anything outside of faith, you're doing it in yourself. In your own power. And God says it's not by might 
nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. You need to do stuff through Him. God wants to work with you. He's not a far away God. He's a close God that wants to work intimately with us. Imagine Jesus standing there next to your bed. You wake up in the morning and Jesus says, He's awake. Let's go. Let's go. No, you say, no, I want to sleep more. Lord, Come on, boy. Come on, girl. There's corona going on. People need hope. Yeah, here I was going to go. Huh? Huh? Who sleeps like that? I get people that say they, they woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Now, which side is the right side? Huh? Sleep on that side tonight so you can wake up on the right side tomorrow morning. Because we have a work to do. Amen. And that's to manifest Jesus. Romans 8 verse 19 says that all of creation is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Everything is waiting for you to manifest Jesus. But that's not what we do as Christians. We lock our churches. And I understand we work with the government. It's scriptural, Romans 13 and 14. We work with the government, but now we have this home cell. So let's say this home cell gets together every week on a Wednesday. And someone equips this home cell. And on Thursdays, every one of you have your own home cell at your house. And you equip those people. And on Fridays, those people, everyone have their own home cells on Fridays. And they equip those people. And then all of a sudden, we have 10,000 people equipping people to bring the gospel to a city. Because Jesus is still healer. And I've seen the unbelievers heal faster than anyone else. I've had people come to me that don't even believe. Don't touch me. Don't pray for me. Just hold still. And I pray. When, before I went to America, we were supposed to go to America now in, in two weeks. We were supposed to be one week in Texas, one week in Chicago, and one week in Tampa, Florida. And I had to go down to Cape Town to get my, uh, my visa application. And I uh, was standing in line. Now, I don't know how many of you have been, you know what you go through to get a visa, right? So you have that, cell, that phone and then the glass and you do the interviews with the people. And I was standing there and the first, the first interview that I got to, there was this lady and she was, you know, she's just typing all this stuff. And I was like, Lord, give me a word for this lady. Give me a word for this lady. And I didn't get any word. And then all of a sudden she stops typing and does this. And I'm like, ah, devil, exposing yourself. <laughs> she's just going like this. And I said, hey, you have pain in your wrists? She said, yes. Now I'm on the phone and then there's glass between us. She's like, yes. I said, just hold still. And I saw the cross on a necklace cross with Jesus on it. I, don't, I told her, you know, Jesus, I'm, I'm so thankful Jesus is not on the cross anymore. Because <laughs> you know? if he was, we'd be serving a dead Jesus. But he's not there anymore. He's risen. So I said, ma'am, just hold still. Jesus is going to heal you. And I went out loud. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. For healing my sister's wrist in Jesus name. Amen. And she looked at me and she starts typing even faster. <laughs> and I'm like, is it hot? And she, I'm on this side. She doesn't even look up. She's just going, you know. <laughs> and I get, my pa I get my passport. The next we know they want you to just put the passport against the glass and they scan the barcode. So put the passport there against the glass. The lady scans it. I say, you must enjoy it. You must, must like your job, right? She says, yes. I say, I love people because Jesus loves people. Thank you, sir. Next window. Got to the next window. The guy says, uh, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Texas. To do what? To preach the gospel, sir, of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that heals. Yeah. He's the only one that saves and he's the only way to heaven. Where are you from? He said, he's from America. I said, awesome, man. Jesus loves you. Your visa has been approved and he pushed it through. On my way out, I said, uh, no, he pushed the ticket through. And I called my, my friend, who's also my assistant. I said, bro, <coughs> have you ever tried getting me a 10-year visa? Because I can't pay like two and a half thousand rand every time I need to go over. And then it only lasts for three months. He said, buddy, there's some stuff and forms. And I don't know what papers to get the 10-year visa that goes with it. I said, man, this is... Because I need to go from Uppington to Cape Town. Can't come to Joburg because we are in the region of in Cape Town, Western Cape. Within two weeks, I got my visa my passport back with a visa. I opened up my passport. There's a pink sticky note on the inside that says, thank you. May God bless you. And I, and I knew this was the lady that got healed. And I looked at my visa and, and there was a 10-year visa on the inside. And I'm like, God, 
And I've been preaching the gospel in the whole line. I'm praying for people behind me because people are nervous, you know. What if I don't make it? You're going to make it. Let me pray for you. And I pray for people. And then people around you get really, they don't know what to do. And it's like the same that happened with Peter and Jesus when they met each other the first time. Peter said, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. And why? Because Peter recognizes the holiness of Jesus. That's why when you mention the name of Jesus between unbelievers, they get uneasy around you. Why? Because they recognize the holiness of that name. And then they, they, some get really angry. Why? Because their life doesn't look the way yours does. And they feel you're a hypocrite and you have this and that and the other thing. And many people are hypocrites. There's many people in this room that sit with stuff in their lives. When they close the door, what's happening behind in secret, nobody knows about. But you need to get rid of that stuff. Some people say, some of you, yes, have been struggling with, with a secret sin for a while. And you've been asking the Lord to take it away from you. But it hasn't left. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Because there's a way out. When Jesus said, be holy as I am holy, He meant it. And if He said it, then it means it must be possible for us to be holy. And the only way for us to get holy is not by what we do, but, but what He did already. But we need to accept that grace and accept that forgiveness and live in it. Because it says in Romans, uh, I think it's 6.14, it says sin no longer has dominion over you. So if you died to yourself, picked up your cross and followed Jesus, then sin no longer has power over you. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8 it says, when the Holy Spirit comes you will receive power. You will receive power. The Holy Spirit gives us power. Luke 10, 19 says that, that God has given you the authority to trample on the head of serpents and of snakes. You have been given the authority. I heard a lady the other day say, God must do something now. God must do nothing. God already did everything. You must do something. Amen. No, God must stop the corona. No, God must stop nothing. You have the authority. For how many people did you pray today? How many people did you... Oh no, but I can't get to them. Well... Paul had clothing that touched people and they got healed. Take a handkerchief or something, pray over it and send it to that house. Where's your faith at? Yeah, come on. Do you believe that the word of God is true? If you believe it, why don't you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Holy Spirit, please, it's not the time now. <laughs> Because if you believe, listen, look at this. In 2 Corinthians 4.13 it says, Whatever a man believes, he speaks. And he speaks it because he believes it. So whatever you believe, you will do. And you do it because you believe it. You don't just believe and do nothing. In James 1 verse 22 it says, If a man hears the word of God, if he's a hearer of the word, but not a doer of the word, he's like someone that look, that's looking himself in the mirror turns around and walks away and don't even know who they are. So if you hear the word of God, but you don't do the word of God, you have no identity in Christ. Sure. You don't even know who you are. You come to the home cell, you go to the church, you hear the word, and you're like those people, like, ma'am, can I pray for you? No, I go to church. Well, you're still sick. Yeah. Why are you still sick? Because if you go into the presence of the Lord, you cannot stay the same. The presence of God eliminates everything else that is not of Him. It says in, in 1 John 4, 17, it says, As Jesus is, so are we in this world. And we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you believe it? How many sick, sick people is in heaven today with corona? Huh? How many depressed people is in heaven? How many anxious people is in heaven? Let me ask you this, how many poor people is in heaven? Huh? Because poverty has become a cuss word in the church today. Uh, I mean prosperity. You, you speak about, talk about money, people get angry. And you ask them, how are they doing? No, I need money. Have you seen that? The Afrikaner people, you give them a hundred rand. And they say, no, 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 I can't take it, I can't take it. And they turn around and they wish they, they took it. Because they need it. I ask you today, how many, peop how many in this room need money now? How many, how many people? Who needs money now? Huh? Let me show you the, pov the poverty mindset the church has. If I have three checks in a room, one million rand, one billion rand, 
and 1 trillion rand. And I say, take a check. Which check will you take with nobody's watching? Which one will you take? The 1 million, the 1 billion, or the 1 trillion? All three. All three of them. <laughs> that's the right answer. You see, because that's prosperity mindset. The poverty says, now I'm taking the million because I want to be humble. I want to be with, on the lowest chain. I just want to be humble. But you wish that you could take the big one. And that's, why, that's how people pray today. God says you don't have because you don't ask. Mm. You know you don't ask big stuff. No, Lord, I, I don't want to keep you busy. I just want this small thing you moved for me. I want to get to heaven one day and have God look at me and say, Boy, you kept me busy. Why didn't you just rest? You kept me busy, man. No, Lord, I want everything heaven has for me. I don't want to live in this place where people on earth are. Nee, ons leven bykie kop boe water. Arm en geduldig. Hoe gaan het met jou? Nee, is maar arm en geduldig. Kom hier daar by die huis. Amal is arm en wacht geduldig vir iets om te gebeur. Om te huh? That's not the way we live. And the, and the way we speak and talk is also a problem today. So Proverbs 18.21 says that the power of life and death is in your tongue. What do you confess during the day? Niels is bang vir die corona, kom ons was, Anna. Wat jy vrees gaan oor jou kom, staan in jou. Power of death, power of life and death is in your tongue. Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 to 19. In 15 and 19 it says the same thing. In 15 it says, I call heaven and earth as a witness to you and, to, and you need to choose today. Life and death, um, Blessing and cursing. Choose. You choose today. Which one do you choose? That means life and death is in your tongue. Where do you choose it? Life and death in your life. Blessing and cursing. Where do you choose? Now the taxi gets in front of you. and Puts that left foot on the brake. Now you start cursing. Only devils curse. We bless. Lord, you... In, when it happens, you take your steering wheel and you go, oh, Lord, I thank you that you blessed this man in Jesus' name. He's just a problem for himself and for the road and for other people. Just bless him, Lord, with a brand new taxi and eyes to see far away so he can just go to the left easy and park with nobody getting hurt. That's the way we need to live. You hit your toe, on the wall or something, you don't go effing zeffing and throw all that stuff. You immediately start saying, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire, I'm a billionaire. <laughs> you done it. Clap by klein twinkie van jou, skelly die stoel. Nee, ek is a billionaire, ek is a billionaire, ek is a billionaire. Oh, die pijn weg is. Want dan begin praat jy. Romeine 4.17, Romans 4.17 says, you call the things which are not as if it is. You call them in. You wake up in the morning. Father, I thank you. In Job it says, have you commanded the morning? Have you commanded your morning this morning? Lord, today will be a, a good day for me. I will have godly appointments, godly emails, and godly calls. In Jesus' name. Today, this day, I'm, I'm bringing it to your feet. And I command this day to bring in business. Big bucks for the kingdom in Jesus' name. You call in. The, the things that are not as if they are. Lord, today will be not a day where I'm depressed or anxious. Today I will not receive bad news. Today I'll, I will be blessed. I am chosen. I am royal priesthood. I am holy nation. I am the apple of your eye. Lord, you dance over my life. I thank you in Jesus' name. And you wake up and you dance to the bathroom. <laughs> you ask my wife. I get, get like, I'm like that every morning. Not every morning. Sometimes she's awake before me. But other mornings I wake her up. Around about 10 o'clock. <laughs> and I come in. Honey, wake up today. It's an awesome day. It's the best day to be alive. And she goes, Kisses, kisses. Yeah, kisses. My kiss my wife. It's the best day to be alive. Because it says in Romans 12 too, that transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. So if you want to see your life transformed, you need to renew your mind. Mm 
That's the only way to have a transformed life. If you're still stuck in that old way of thinking, in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinks, so is he. You keep thinking the same thing, you're going to become what you think. Come on. I am sick, I am sick, I am sick, I am sick. You're going to get sick. I remember when I was in Brazil, the guy told me to come, come, come. We got to go. There's traffic, there's traffic. I said, listen, there's no traffic. We're going to leave now. There's no traffic. Then we got stuck in traffic. The guy said, I told you there's traffic. I said, yes, you told, so. you told me so. It's because you said it. Because life and death is in your tongue. When we went to Brazil, the first time I asked my mother-in-law, I had her dancing in the in a airport that, that afternoon. Oh, that morning. We were on our way to Brazil and we did all the reaches that we could. And they, they never told us that we had to have that yellow fever card. So we got to the airport about, about 50 minutes before departure, right? And... Yeah, and we and we, we, we want to check in our bags and the lady says, where's your yellow fever card? We said, we, we don't have one. They didn't tell us to get one. We did all the, the research. The lady said, well, there's no way you're getting on this plane without this yellow fever card. You have to have that, that injection at least 10 days in your bloodstream before you can get on. So within 10 days from that day, our whole tour would be finished. We said, ma'am, you don't understand. We got to get on that plane. I was standing there. I was literally like this. I said, ma'am, listen, we got to get on that plane. And Oscar, we said, I said, I'm getting on that plane. I'm going to Brazil. Yes. And Nadia's like, man, where do we get this guy? <laughs> and mother-in-law's just going that fuiki on the side, you know. But we got to get this car. And I'm starting to dance. I said, oh, I'm dancing for this. Why do you dance? Why do you dance in a moment like that? This devil wants to steal your joy. And then you start th thinking different. And you need to get your mind renewed in order to get a transformed life. Yes. In Psalm, I think it's 65 or 67. Let's just get there quickly. So I want to read it to you. I think it's Psalm. Let's, let's first go to Psalm 67. I think it will be 67. 67. Verse 5. Yeah, it's verse 5. It says, Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. So how do you praise God? In some of the churches, you just, you just do, the, do this. You praise Him like this. In other churches, you praise Him like this. In other churches, you praise on the floor. In other churches, you just you, you, you don't do anything. You just stand there like a statue. We started praising God. Why? Because we had seed in the ground for Brazil. And because they sit in the ground, the Bible says, if you praise Him, the earth will give an increase or yield a crop. So we praise God in the storm. Why? Because they sit in the ground. We're going to Brazil. We hoid it like this. And then the lady gave back our passports. Please just leave your bags. Go straight down. There's a clinic. Get the injection. Come back. We got the injection. Came back. Yellow fever card on the plane. There we go. Same day. Then we had 10 days in Brazil, so we have 10 days, and then we come back. It's on our body for 10 days. We come back. But what do you do when the storm hits? Huh? The storm hits. No, we got to change our minds. You speak life over your situations. Who spoke to their finances this morning? Amen. Why didn't you speak to your finances? The whole world is in recession. God's not. Amen. Come on. And you need to speak to your finances. It might sound crazy, but in Job, when we went to, when was it? The day before yesterday, when we went to the shops and everything was sold out. Oscar, I came in that place and started laughing. I was saying, it's not Job 5.22 says, In the face of famine and destruction, you shall laugh. So there's famine. What do you do? You laugh. Open the, 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 the um, fridge and laugh. If you don't know how, you go, hoo hoo, hee hee, ha ha. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
Maar nie die hoofseer hulle moet syger van Johannesburg wees. Love a bit. I'm gonna get there now. Let's just quickly practice this. Some people have no food in their house. We need to laugh a bit, okay? So you go, hoo hoo, hee hee, ha ha. And then, <laughs> And if you struggle with that, just lift up your arms and ask someone to tickle you. In your house, until you laugh. We, we, she was in my house, we were at our house one night and she hit her nail, closed, closed the cupboard door and hit her nail and she pulled it on and she went like, I said, just hold still and I quickly went, she was standing like this, I said, just hold still, I'm going to come back now. Quickly went to the living room and got my Bluetooth speaker, put a nice song on it and I said, ek is a billionaire, ek is a billionaire, and she's standing there with a nail. <laughs> and I'm dancing and laughing and, I, and in, in the middle of the dancing and laughing I said Lord and I thank you for that finances coming in for the seat that I have in the ground 15 minutes 9,000 rand in my bank account paid got an EFT 15 minutes before I went to Brazil the first time we were cleaning out the house I, it was late night we were just moving in or moving some stuff into the house I went to her I said honey I gotta be honest with you I have 116 rand in my account she said, well, you know what to do. I said, yeah, but I don't want to do it now. <laughs> she said, well, I said, I need 13,000 tomorrow morning. Now people would say, oh, yeah, what now here? What betek nou weer verkoop om hierdie geld terug te kry? Nee. So I had the Bluetooth speaker on and put a song on and we dance. It's difficult when you only have 116 rand in your account and you need 13,000 tomorrow. It's difficult. But what do you do in that situation? Because if your mind is not renewed, you try and sell some stuff in the house to get the money. And then it's not trusting God, it's doing stuff in yourself without faith. So I, I started dancing slow because I wasn't really less for this basically. No, I started dancing like this. And I'm like, Lord, and I, this is my signature. I my fingers like this, you know. So I'm just going it like this. And I started, Lord, I thank you for finances. And then I, and I felt the 13,000 needs a little bit more oomph. So I started playing it like this. And I turn around, my wife's at the back. And I turn around and I pray. And I said, Lord, I thank you for this 5,000. And I start crying. Jesus, I need this. I need 13,000, Lord. And I start going. And I look up and I see my wife behind the counter going it like this. I'm crying. I said, Lord, please, I need 13,000 tomorrow morning. And I go the whole song through. Song's done. I'm done. I'm tired. We went to bed, slept through. Next morning, two EFTs, 5,000 and 8,000. 13,000 rand. The one lady looked at me the other day. She asked me, how do you get money? Because I haven't earned a salary in four years and 11 months right now. It's been four years and 11 months. Going five years, not earning a salary. And I don't ask anyone anything. I don't ask anyone for, to pay me for tonight. I don't ask anyone to pay me in Brazil. No church in South Africa has ever paid me anything to come. Not even traveling costs. Because the Bible says in the, uh, Jeremiah 17 verse 5, Christ is the man who leans on the, the arm of the flesh. I don't care about people. God is the ultimate provider. He's the only one. There's no one like him. I don't need anyone to pay because God is the provider. But what do you do in, in situations like that? When there's trials and tribulations. Is your mind renewed to think godly? Because when Peter came to Jesus and told him, Lord, you cannot be crucified. Jesus rebuked him. Get behind me, Satan, for you think the things of man and not the things of God. He was thinking like a mere human being. Many people say, but we're only human. It's like saying, I'm only demonic. I'm only the devil. It's not that way. Who knows the mind of Christ? We have the mind of Christ. Yes. We think like God. We put our mind on things above and not beneath. That's when people come with me with all the stuff that's going on. I don't care. It's not that I don't I disrespect any authority. It's just I don't care about what's going on. You stress, I don't stress. Stress less. This today a guy told me I will be probably the first one that gets vaccines. I'd be the first one. I said, no, I won't. 
The Lord told me not to get one. It's a trap. I said, okay, I won't. I told my mother-in-law two days ago, I said, if they put me in quarantine, give me water and give me a Bible. I don't want food for the two weeks. Why? No, we must eat. No, you don't have to eat. You can go 40 days. The longest I went was 35 days without food. It was now in December. The Bible says in Isaiah 58 that you need to fast and pray because fasting and praying brings healing speedily. You get sick, you stop eating. Even a dog stops eating when it, when it gets sick. And the doctor says, Mir net, mom might break in, so better food. Yeah, I hope yet. But do you believe the word of God? Because that's the ultimate final truth is the word of God. It says in Psalm 119, 105 that the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Many people don't have the word of God in their mouth. Like in, it says in, in Romans 10, 8, 10, 9, uh, no, 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 8, 8, 10, I think it is. It says the word is near you, it's in your mouth, it's in your heart and it's in your mouth. Many people don't have the word of God. That's why they stumble all the time. Because the word is a light to your path and a lamp to your feet. In Matthew 22 verse 29 it says you are in error because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. You need to know the word of God. In Joshua 1.8 it says if you meditate on this word night and day you'll be successful. So the whole world can be in recession. You meditate on the word and you'll be successful. Not because the world or what, because God. He is true. He gave us points and scripture and his word and his promises to pull us through any situation. Any situation. And that's what I wanted to tell. I told my mom-in-law, I said, listen, they put me in quarantine two weeks, no food, only water in the Bible. And I'm excited for what's happening right now. Many people are in panic. There's a part of me that says, Lord, can this virus just come quickly? Because I want to go home to be with Jesus. I'm eagerly waiting for, re for the return of Christ. I cannot wait for Jesus to come back. There's nothing in this life that I want more than to be with Him. There's nothing. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. To live is Christ, to die is gain. While I'm here, I'll manifest Jesus. But there's a much better place to be in. And it's in the presence of God. There's no other way. In your flesh, sometimes we struggle to just get into the place. We just want to be there with Him. And there's busyness going on around us. But when you die, you just, you're just there all the time. You don't struggle to touch the Lord. There's no fear in this. We should be excited. Come, Corona, come. Touch me. Try and see what happens. Now people have funny stuff going on. Like I asked just now, who knows someone with corona? No, no people look around. Because nobody knows someone. And if we do, let's go to them. Let's go pray for them. Many people won't even go pray for them because what if I get sick? What if? What if it's just the flu? What if you don't get sick? What if John G. Lake, have you heard the testimony of John G. Lake? John G. Lake said, cut open the chest, bring that foam on the, on the lungs and rub it on my hand and put it under a microscope. And all the germs died. In front of all the people. There's a lot of skeptics today. Where's your God? Where's your God? Closer than you think. Closer than your very breath. And a lot of people like surprises. They're going to get one when they stand before Jesus one day. My question is, is your mind renewed? And if it's not renewed, how will you get it renewed? That's the other question. How do I renew my mind? Pornography is a problem in the church today. How do I renew my mind regarding this? Because I know how that spirit of lust works. Spirit of lust says, look a little bit. Just look at it. Just see if it's the way you think. You look at it. You dive into it. You do what you don't want to do. You have guilt, shame, condemnation for the next few days on your life. Look what you did. That's what the devil does. He pushes you to do stuff. And then when you do it, he leaves you. He goes, look what you did. God's never going to forgive you for this. Happens the same with unforgiveness. Happens the same with any other sin in your life. How do you renew your mind in that moment? I told the other guy the other day, I said, dude, if your bank account tells you what you can and cannot do, you serve the wrong God. You're obedient to the, to the wrong one. 
Have you ever heard a statement like that? No, other people, no, we cannot go. I took my wife to Belito last weekend. I said, listen, there's some money in the bank account. I'm just going to use everything. I told her, eat whatever you want, wherever you want, and as much as you can until the last cent is out of this account. Because before we get to Joe Book, there will be money in that account again. We don't let people, money tell us what we can and cannot do. Neither people tell us what we can and cannot do. If it's not in line with the word of God, I don't care. I'm not here to please people, Galatians 1.10, but we are here to please God. I remember the one time in Titsikama, I took out my bank account. There was no money coming in. We, went, we had to go from Titsikama to Uppington, which is about a 12-hour drive, I think. No money coming in. I took my bank account out. Hey, who's been to Titsikama before? Have you seen how beautiful it is in Titsikama, right? It's green and valleys and mountains. It's beautiful. So I took my bank account out and I said, my card, I said, Banky, look at it. It's beautiful, man. It's beautiful hills, beautiful valleys. Look at the rivers. Oh, it's green. Look, 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 look. Oh, you so, I love you, Banky. Listen, I bless you today. I thank you that your heart is open to receive anything heaven has for you because we want to give some stuff away. And today I'm going to treat you I'm going to swipe you there at Noggin Bean. You like to be swiped, right? Yes, I, you like it. I'm going to treat you today. My, my assistant started laughing. I said, let you talk to your bank account. I put the card back in my wallet. When I put it back in the wallet, an EFT came in 5,000. I took the card out again. I said, I'm sorry, I put you away too fast. I didn't show you more. <laughs> so you need to speak to your stuff. You have the, the word of God in your mouth is just as powerful as the word of God in his mouth. You need to speak it. You were created in His image. You go through a difficult time. Your difficult time is not your problem. Are you focused on Jesus? Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and everything else shall be added to your life. Many people don't seek the kingdom of God first. They seek their own needs first. And then it becomes the unholy trinity, the me, myself, and I, instead of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. You go through, I remember when I went to a difficult time, my girlfriend left me. I dated her for five years, left me for someone else. It was a difficult time for me. I wanted to commit suicide three times in one day. That's why I met Jesus, where I met Jesus. Because I tried to commit suicide three times in one day. I didn't grow up in a church. I didn't go to Bible school. Nothing. What I know now is what God told me. What God taught me in my, in my secret place. So I remember that time. Difficult times. People call me. Did you see where your girlfriend are right now? She's with this guy and this guy. She's doing this and she's doing that. And it, it, it hurt at that time. But immediately my focus shifted. Bless the Lord. Father, I thank you that you bless and you keep her safe, God. And I thank you, Jesus, that she'd meet you and have encounters with you, Lord. And that she become born again in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for calling. Have a nice day. That's what I did. I prayed through this whole thing. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Because He said, if I seek Him first, everything else shall be added to my life. And everything was. I only worked for two months in after I got born again. God took me out of my job. And I'm going now for five years. April this year is five years. No income. No job. No church. No nothing. Just me and Jesus on the road. That's it. But your mind needs to change. And the way you change it is by speaking. Did you know that? Many people overthink until they are depressed. They think until they are de They think themselves out of situations. And sometimes into situations. And this is how it works. And we're going to do a test now, okay? So I'm going to say one, two, three, go. When I say go, you count from one to five in your head without saying anything, okay? And when you're done, just put your hand in the air so I can see. Is that good? Are you good? Zilla wakker. Okay, Afrikaans. You see, Afrikaans powerful. Okay, one, two, three, go. Okay, awesome. So now I'm going to do it again, but this time you count from one to five in your head. And the same time, say your name and surname. Okay. Not one, two, three, five, and then your name and surname. You need to do them together. Okay, one, two, three, go. Yeah, now nobody could do it. Nobody can do it. Why? Because the moment you start speaking, your mind changes. Now the devil says you're not going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And I'm not going to fake it until I make it. I'm going to fight it until I make it.
You're worthless. I'm with the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And you quit in a shopping center. Who cares? Who cares? People, I mean, imagine David, King David. He danced until he was only in his, in his underpants, right? Is it the, the right word, underpants? Jockeys. His wife got angry. His wife got angry at him. But he was the king dancing in the streets. <laughs> and he's, imagine you get so excited about Jesus. There, all the clothes go in checkers. <laughs> and you're quiet there. <laughs> Some people say, man, what's wrong with you? Just, I love the Lord. <laughs> huh? Imagine. I remember one day I was in Cape Town. Joshua, that assistant of mine, called me and said, Buddy, I know you're in Cape Town, but I looked at the ministry's finances. Don't spend too much. I said, listen, you don't talk about my finances like that. There's nothing wrong with it. He said, I know what you mean. I said, yes, you know. I know you know what, what I mean, but you don't believe what I say. There's nothing wrong with the finances. I'm going to spend it. He said, listen, you won't be able to come back to Uppington. I said, stop it. You're to speaking death over my finances. I have good finances. The next morning, I went to an Inge church in, in Cape Town. Man, that was the best thing that ever happened in my ministry, I think. Went to this church early morning, men's camps. Now, I don't know how many people came out of the Inge church and are now in a spiritual church, right? Nothing against the Inge church, but hey, we know what's happening in that place. So there's this men's morning that morning. And I'm praying over people and this one guy, a big guy gets up when he's standing in front of me is about this tall, this big, bold guy. He starts hissing like a snake. <laughs> like this. And I look at him and I think, oh boy, this is a devil in the Inge church this morning. We have, something's going down. So I got close to the guy just not to scare the other people. I said, hey, in Jesus name, just leave. You came in here, I don't know how, but just leave in Jesus' name. And the guy goes, Shh. I said, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Leave. And he goes, Shh. and I look over his shoulder and I saw my spiritual father in the back, Jock. I said, come, come. And Jock, he came and he took his glasses off. Jock is also a big guy. He's a, a general. I call him General Jock. He's like a military guy. You know, he, he was one of the guys in Afghanistan um, in America, in American military back in the day with Osama bin Laden. And he comes, he takes the glasses off, he stands back, he looks at the guy, he said, in Jesus' name, out. So the guy goes, and slammed to the floor. And then he starts shaking and starts speaking Hebrew. And I'm there like, what the heck is this guy talking about? And he's speaking Hebrew. And I look at Jock, he said, he's Hebrews. And he said, I don't know. So I get up, Jock gets up, he goes on the stage, he says, boys, now there's men. He says, boys, when a demon leaves, where do you think he's going? <laughs> and everyone went like this. And Jock said, if you have any sin in your life, get it out now. And everybody starts repenting. That's the fastest altar call I've seen in my life. Just repenting towards one another, just getting clean. This devil needs to go, you know. <laughs> and I remember that morning, my dad went with me that morning. And I, my dad wasn't that born again like he is now. So it was a best experience for him as well, because it's action, you know. So we went home and in on the highway, in Cape Town, 7 o'clock that morning on the highway, I get an EFT of 25,000 rand EFT. I look at it and I count this, because it, could be like 2005 count and I, I said dad someone just paid him 25,000 rand he said what and I put the phone down I got out of the car on the highway and I start dancing like crazy this guy next to us has his window rolled down I said man when was the last time you danced for the Lord and he starts laughing I said David did I'm gonna dance for him I got in the car another 15,000 falls in my account and I get out and I go Lord I thank you in Jesus name I called Josh I said did you see the finances yeah, 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 yeah. I said, I told you, don't speak death over my finances. We are okay. I'm going to have a good time in Cape Town. But when was the last time you danced before the Lord? And if you need something to happen quickly, you get a friend, like my wife. My wife needs something to happen quickly. She comes into the room, agree with me. Because the Bible says in Matthew 18, 18, that where two or more agree, 
now whatever you bind on earth is bound on earth and then verse 19 where two or more agree it will be like that so you say Lord I thank you for open doors for a new job someone says Amen Jesus name Amen you say Lord I thank you for a new house in Jesus We serve a big God. We can ask big questions. Some people get stuck in this religious box that they can't ask big things from this big God we serve. Imagine you get to heaven one day and there's a whole room full of presents that you can't even see the end of it. And you say, Lord, and this beautiful presence, yeah, it was yours, but you never came to take it. How many people have blessed themselves this morning? This is in Isaiah 67, verse 16 or 65, sorry, 65 verse 16 Isaiah, says if you bless yourself in the Lord of truth, then all your former troubles will go away. <laughs> Have you blessed yourself this morning? Lord, I thank you that my hair will never fall out. I thank you that my eyes will serve me for another hundred years. Lord, I thank you for my nose to smell all these lovely smells and aromas that you have on earth. Lord, I thank you for my teeth that I never have to drink my food in my life again, ever, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for my heart that it pumps the blood to the right places. I thank you for all my organs. I thank you for my legs, Lord. I thank you for my knees and my ankles. Lord, I thank you for, for hands. Lord, I thank you for my lungs. Your breath is in my lungs. Father, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my partner. I thank you for my house. And you just bless everything. So that the formal, former troubles can go away. And then the Bible says in Proverbs 10.22 that the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow to it. Now you don't have to work for your money so hard anymore. Because the blessing of the Lord is on you. Now people say, no, the Afrikaner net door die soot van jou aangezicht met jou brood verdien. Ok, maar as jy morgen die soot by die werkie, dan jippo jy. Huh? Genesis 3.19 Genesis 8.22 It changes the law in Genesis 8.22 It says from now on until the end of the earth there will be summer, winter um, hot, cold, harvest time and sow time. We need to sow to reap. You don't work. You get money. We don't work to make a living. We work to make a giving. It's in Ephesians 4 verse 28. It says, if you catch a man stealing, give him a job so that he can work in order to give to those who don't have. Yes. We work to make a giving. And then we sow. And then we reap. And then we sow. And then we reap. And then we sow. And then we reap. Because God gives seed to the sower. You need seed, you sow seed. You need, you want to sow, you ask God for seed to sow. And all of a sudden, when you start living in that realm, nothing else matters anymore. My wife comes to me, she says, Honey, listen, you had a little bad cough there this morning. Yeah, and so what? I think you have the coronavirus. Your thinking needs to change. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with me. Nothing. Let's go to the gym. I got trained at the gym this morning. A lady looks at me from a distance. She says, Sir, why does it look like nothing is bothering you of what's going on in this earth? I said, because nothing is bothering me. I have Jesus. And when I have him, I have peace. Oh, that makes sense, she says. <laughs> That's the only thing that makes sense. Huh? And I was reminded of Mark chapter 2 verse 5, where the paralytic guy was, was dropped through the roof. And Jesus said that I saw their faith. He saw their faith. The friend's faith. He saw it. But that today someone could actually see the faith that I have in my Jesus on my face. Why does it look like nothing is bothering you? Because nothing is. <coughs> Nothing's bothering me. I'm going to end off with this. Are you guys still good? Yes. Awesome. I remember one night, just to come back to the thinking and changing your mind. Remember one night there was a guy, he's a philosopher, atheist, I don't know what he is. I love him. Um, family friends of, of my, my mom he comes into the house and he, and he always has this he wants to test me because he read this book now this week with all this philosophy and scientific stuff and what and I don't know all that stuff but I like the wisdom of God because the wisdom of God is so it's not complicated 
You know, when they brought Jesus the coin, should we pay taxes? He said, whose face is on the coin? No, Caesar's. Okay, give to Caesar's what belongs to Caesar's and give to God what belongs to God. And that's the wisdom of God, right? They wanted to test him, but then the wisdom of, and we, we have the spirit of wisdom dwelling on the inside of us. It's one of the seven spirits. And, um, and this guy comes along and he says, so listen, I read this week, a funny scenario, he said, about three groups of people that is really sick. They have all have cancer and they are all about to die. There was 45 people. They divided them in three groups. And to the first group, they said, you do nothing. We pray and see if God heals you. And to the second group, they said, we do nothing. You pray and let's see if God heals you. And to the third group, they said, nobody do, does nothing. Just think positive. Tell a few jokes. Have a laugh and enjoy life. For the past few weeks, few weeks that you have left of this life and see what happens. Then he said the first group, everyone prayed for them. All of them died. He said in the second group, nobody prayed for them, but they prayed for themselves. All of them died. In the third group, everyone was having a blast. Laughing, dancing, telling jokes, enjoying life. Nobody died. In fact, every one of them got healed. He said, and therefore, there is no God. He told me. I said, are you sure? He said, yes, I'm sure. I said, okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some biblical rules with you. Scriptures, if that's okay. Biblical laws. He said, yes, sure. I said, okay, listen. So the reason those people lived longer than the others was not because they did not pray or there is no God. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so is he. None of them thought that they were sick or that they were going to die because they were told to think positive and speak life. And life and death is in the power of your tongue. And the Bible says that transformation comes by the renewing of your mind. And all of them renewed their mind. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. And all of them renewed. You see, that was a great thought right there. <laughs> Speaking about thinking. So all of them renewed their mind and start speaking life. Therefore, they lived. Is that right? He said, yes. I said, but that's the Bible. Therefore, there is a God. They just didn't see Him. That's the Bible. There's a law in the Bible like there's a law on earth. If you drop this, it's going to go to the ground. There's a law. Gravity. There's a law in the Bible. What you sow, you reap. There's a law in the Bible. As you think, so you are. There's a law in the Bible that if you change your mind, your life transforms. There's a law in the Bible that life and death is in the power of your tongue. Check my right tongue is in the caravan park. Oh, I can't go net of all. Ah, fall I can't. I can't tell him what's going to say. Tan niemand op jou lig. Want as dit wat in jou mond is nie pas in Godse mond nie, hoekom is dit in jou nie? In your life today, you have something that needs to shift. All of us are waiting for something that needs to shift. But have you called the things which are not as if it is? Have you written them down? In Habakkuk 2 it says, write it down so it can come to pass. Have you written it down and spoken life over it? For some people they only want a thousand rand. Other people ten thousand. Other people a million. Some people ten million. I had the spiritual father that asked me this. He said, how many zeros is in a million? I say six. He says, in a, in a billion? I say nine. He says, in a trillion? I say 12. He says, can you count to 12? I say, yes. He said, then you can make a trillion. We need to function in the higher, in the realm of God, yes. where nothing is impossible for the one who believes. In, it's in Mark 9.23, it says, nothing is impossible for the one who believes. Nothing for you tonight is impossible. You have a marriage problem or knows of someone with marriage, marriage problems, nothing's impossible for you. God can heal a marriage. You have relationship problems, God can heal a relationship. You have financial problems, God can heal a finances. You have problems on the farm, God can heal your land. Because that's who He is. He's a healer. But do you believe it? Because the moment you don't see it, and that's where Jesus didn't win on experience. He won, he won by it is written. What you see and what is, because there's facts and there's truths. The facts say there's no food. 
in the shops. But truth says God is a provider and God provided manna for Moses in the wilderness for 40 years. God will provide for you. The birds neither sow nor reap nor gather in the, gather in the barns, but God provides for them. He'll provide for you. That's truth. Even though the facts say something else. The facts say there's a virus going on. You can get sick and you can die. The truth says that Jesus has paid a price for your sickness, your disease, your whatever it is. And that through his wounds you are healed. Amen. But what do you confess? And that's where the world and the, and the people in the church, sometimes they, the world gets really angry. Because we have something to hold on to. They have nothing. Some doctor must help them. Like the woman with the blood flow. She spent everything she had on all the doctors for 12 years. Not, no one could help her. And she touched Jesus one time in faith. Everything changed. She got healed completely. And God said, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Faith heals us in every area of your life. But you need to, your mind to change. And you need to know who you are. You need to read the word. Hear the word. Romans uh, ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You need to read the word, speak the word, hear the word, have faith imparted into your heart and then live this out. Because then you start, see, you start to see so, uh, stuff move. Faith, 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 faith. Best day of my life. Your car just broke best day of my life. The bank just called. They wanted to come take your house. Best day of my life. And remember three months into my born again life, my mom kicked me out of my house. She said, you are too much for us. Because she'd come into my room in the morning, three o'clock, and I'd be naked standing on my Bible worshiping Jesus. So I read somewhere in Job that, that he said, I'm standing on the word of God. So I took everything literally. <laughs> took, got out of all of my clothes, white bum there, standing on my Bible worshiping Jesus. Lord, I'm naked before you. Hear my voice tonight. <laughs> My mom thought I got crazy. I went from sex, drugs, rock and roll to this boy. No. And they wanted to lock me up for nine years for selling drugs. They, but they couldn't. There was grace on my life. I didn't know the Lord, but there was still grace on my life. Because God knew. Can't let this man stay behind locked doors. Amen. I need to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But my mom wanted to kick me out. And I said, Mom, that's so fine. The Bible says, Jesus said, birds have nests, fox have holes, but the son of man has no place to lay his head, so I'm sleeping in the field. I'm just taking my dog and my Bible with, I'll be okay. And I was super fine with it. I was really fine with it. I was on my way to go sleep in the field. I was so cool with it. I was just so happy that I got saved. I was so fine with just with Jesus. I was just so okay with it. But are you okay with it? Are you okay with just the word of God? Jesus says, I don't, my food is to do the will of the Father. No food on the, in the shops. Okay, cool. We're just going to do the will of the Father and get full of that. Get filled with it. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Just be hungry for Jesus. He'll provide. Some rich lady will come along and say, well, I don't want this food anymore. She gives you a nice Woolies meal. They say that Woolies chicken, they, you know Woolworths. They say the Woolworths chicken go to private school. Have you heard it? That's why you pay so much money for it. <laughs> and the Nando's chicken too. So I add today, Nando says, Nando's is not finger licking good. <laughs> the people are in fear, but we as the body of Christ need to walk out in faith, believe the gospel, and preach it. Pray for people, man. You don't have to touch anyone. I, had a, I have an Audi A3. I didn't have a car for two years and I started peeing on cars. Have you ever heard that one? I peed on cars. Yeah. Because when a dog pees on something, it's his territory. So I peed on every car that I like. And in Uppington, it's easy. You just go after 10 o'clock at night, there's no one in the streets. You go to all the open second-hand cars. You pee on all the wheels. Anyway, I'm going to wash it tomorrow again, but it's your car. I peed on cars for two years. Lord, I like this car. Pee on it. <laughs> I'm serious. We had a brilliant idea the other day. We thought we were going to pee in a bottle and then give it to a, then give it to a traffic cop when they do um, roadblocks. And whenever he sees a nice car, he just needs to squeeze the bottle on all the nice wheels. <laughs> maybe we claim that car for us. 
Is that too extreme for you guys? Huh? I want to pee on her, but... But she... But she, she, she wants to stay. <laughs> so I started peeing on cars. And then one day the Lord told me to trust me now for a vehicle. And I said, Lord, then I want that one. And I got an Audi A3 full house. Sunroof, Zenon lights, fog lights, multifunction steering wheels, sportmobile, leather seats, the works. Got that car. Now then I bought one of those, uh, what do you call that speakers? Megaphone. That megaphone. You know that megaphones that you speak, and I open up the sunroof in Cape Town, and we put the megaphone through in a peak traffic. Nobody moves anywhere. And you're in the middle of all of it. If you drove an Uno, it would be something different. But now you have this nice Audi, so people don't get offended by it, you know? They don't want to say too much. So he put the, the megaphone through <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I start looking around and I'm touching the Lord for words of knowledge. So I'm start looking and I saw this guy smoking out of the window and I said, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that every spirit of nicotine would just die in Jesus' name and that every cigarette would get bitter now in Jesus' name. Amen. And you see the people go like this and they, and they wind up the window. Now they're either going to stop smoking or hotbox the car. But something's got to happen. So I start praying, Lord, I thank you that every car be filled up, every person get healed, and I start preaching the gospel. Nobody moves anywhere. And then I saw people winding up all the windows. So now we wind the side, we, we just turn on the, the side windows, and we put the megaphone through this window. And even though that window is, is closed, we still go, Ma'am, Jesus loves you. And then the megaphone has that siren. Wee, 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 wee. Jesus loves you, ma'am. We're having the time of our lives. People say you're crazy. No, I'm sowing seed. The Bible says one sows, one waters, God gives the increase. I'm sowing a bunch of seed on the highway. And people someday will stand before God and no one will say that they never knew. Especially if they were on that highway. <laughs> and you never know who... Imagine this. You sow seed. On a highway like that. Well, you go around telling people about Jesus everywhere you go. Then one day you see of this guy, a young man or an elderly man, preaching the gospel like Reinhard Bonnke. 40 or 80 million people come to the Lord. And you have the privilege to meet this guy. And you get to him you say, man, it's such a privilege for me to meet you today. And the guy takes your hands, looks you straight in the eye and says, because you told me in Woolworths that Jesus loves me. Imagine you get to that place one day and someone that you look up to was the very person you led to the Lord. Imagine you get to heaven one day and you say, Lord, I'm so sorry that I didn't do what you asked me to do. And he says, wait a little bit. Look at this. Everyone in this place is because of your life. It's because you never stop telling people about Jesus. Imagine your kids get to heaven one day and they see Jesus and they say, you look just like my daddy. Or you're just like mommy. That Christ is, has such a reflection from your life to the earth that people can actually see from a distance something's different. That's my prayer for you today. Let's close our eyes and let's pray.